Mike Cox is also from the Midwest as well. And I like this anecdote that Mike's ex-wife jokingly said about him that the only surprise he wanted was his Christmas present. Mike Cox. My wife also said about me, if you open the dictionary and look for the word dull, there's Mike's picture. I was a bureaucrat for 36 years for the state of Michigan, and back in January of 10, I was getting ready to leave work, and I opened my email just before I left the door, and in there, to my shock, was an email from the governor recommending an early out for state employees. And unlike previous early outs where they had incentives, this was basically disincentives for sticking around. <laughs> I was so angry that if my maledictions, my curses could have turned that woman to stone, she'd be a pile of gravel today. <laughs> well, fast forward about five months, and I had figured I had this five-year plan I had this five-year glide path towards retirement to shot out of the sky. I was going to buy me a big honking RV and drive across the country because I wanted to be a ranger with the National Park Service because those Smokey the Bear hats look really cool. <laughs> and that was all done. Well, I figured, eh, what can I do? Well, five months later, I decided, why not work for the feds for money? And I had a job interview with the Environmental Protection Agency in Seattle, Washington. Well, the interview was in Michigan. I did it by phone. And I had that interview on July 5th, and two days later, my ex and I closed on our house. And for the first time in 55 years, I was actually living on my own. I took a month-to-month -month lease because I had a really good feeling about this job interview. And sure enough, two days after I moved in, they called and offered me the job in Seattle. The next day, I went to my landlord and said, guess what, I'm moving out. And I said to my boss, guess what, after 36 years, see ya at the end of the month. Well, I had gone from a four-bedroom house in the Burbs to a two-bedroom apartment, and then I had to shrink everything down to four doors, whatever I could fit in my Ford Taurus. The people on Craigslist and FreeCycle made out like bandits, but I didn't care. <laughs> so I was ready to leave. I got up that morning to leave, and I had a small problem. I couldn't turn my head. My neck was frozen, and I'm thinking, great, I have to drive 2,300 miles to Seattle all in the same lane because I can't change lanes to check my blind spot. <laughs> so I get in the car and went. The second day on the road, well, I had no place to go. What was I going to do? So anyway, I got on the road, and the second day on the road, I decided to take a 160-mile detour because I really wanted to see the American Museum of the Fur Trade in Shadron, Nebraska. Anybody here from Shadron? Okay. Well, anyway, I pull into the museum and go to the dugout cabin of Pierre Chaudron, the fur trader. It's 105 degrees. If you're thinking Nebraska, you're thinking cornfields and flat. Wrong-o. This place is desert with cacti growing on top of the dugout. 
I lasted 20 minutes. I went into the museum, said, that's really nice. I'm four hours behind schedule. I better go get gas. So I go into Shadron, get gas, get in my car, nothing. I turn it again, nothing. My car is dead. I call my road service, and they say, you're where? And I said, Shadron, Nebraska. And they said, what is that close to? And I went, nothing. (laughs) Well, anyway, I got towed to the Ford dealership. After about two hours, the service rep came out and said, well, you know, we probably can't get to it. And besides, if we need parts, we can't get parts here till Monday. It's Thursday. And I'm thinking, great, I'm supposed to be in Seattle on Monday. I'm going to be without a job. So he took a look at my panic-stricken face and said, okay, let me see what I can do. And he went out with a a meter or something and played with the car and eventually got it to start. What happened is one of the bolts in the steering column sheared and the steering column was misaligned so that the car thought it wasn't in park and wouldn't start. He said, sir, no problem. Just put it in neutral and it'll start. And I said, fine, thank you. Can I pay you? He said, no, leave. (laughs) So I left. I crossed into the beautiful state of Wyoming as a greeting from the state of Wyoming one mile in, boom, I blew a tire. All my worldly possessions are on top of my spare tire. I get out, I put on the spare, I'm just about ready to lower the jack and I look down and I see a pair of cowboy boots standing right next to me. They are connected to a cowboy named Slim. I am not making this up. (laughs) He said, sir, can I help you? And, he said, and I said, yeah, help put the stuff back in my trunk. And as we're loading my trunk up, I said, can I get a spare tire in Rollins? And he says, yeah, you can, but they'll be closed, but they'll be open first thing, 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. And I said, great. So I thanked him, took off, and said, I've got road service. At least they'll know where Rollins is if I blow another tire. Let's just go. The next day, excuse me, two days later, I'm just outside of Spokane. I climb up on some rocks to see the beautiful Columbia River. I get out, I look down at my sandaled feet, and I look down and I see a sign that says, beware of rattlesnakes. Wonderful. I close, get back, I get back in my car, and then I arrive in Seattle. And you're thinking, okay, Mike, that's Seattle. How did you get from Seattle to Anchorage? Very simply, one year ago today, I got on the motor vessel Kennecott for another temporary job. But quite frankly, I'm now used to throwing my chances to the winds. But I still have my plans. My plan is still to be a ranger with the National Park Service (laughs) because I still like that Smokey the Bear hat. And after my contract is up next July, that's where I'm going. That's what I'm going to do. I'm now a firm believer in what the essayist John Burroughs said, leap and the net will appear.